Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine. I am joined by my comrades, Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria, and uh, and now joining us, making it a, a five-sum, uh, all the way from uh, no longer in Pennsylvania, now in Minneapolis, which is a city um, almost as far as Pennsylvania, but uh, Alex Schieferdecker making his triumphant return to the podcast how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great, great. The um, sound quality in Minneapolis is always always rough. There's there's yeah. just something about something about the the west side of the river. They that, don't they don't have Peabody Award winning sound engineers in Minneapolis. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah, or, or or Mayor's Cup assistant coach. Winners, oh my gosh! Gotta really throw that in there. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! The, the, the body of local soccer. Let, let's we'll talk about we'll talk about a little bit about Minnesota United, but most of this podcast is going to be spent reliving uh, assistant coach for uh, Como Girls, uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria, uh, Mayor's Cup winning uh, assistant coach. Congratulations, my friend! No, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, you. the play, the players did a little bit of stuff, but it was your your magic on the sidelines. That, that really yeah. brought it home. It's great. You know, it's fun. Um, um, this was Como versus uh, Humboldt. Um, I had never been down to Humboldt. I did drive by Icy Cup. Thank you, Mark Fangmeyer, for telling me so that I knew what I was looking at. But I I go to West St. Paul like once every four years. So. Oh, just a PSA, the last day that the Icy Cup will be open, Mark, is October 31st. So. Oh, I, I'm aware. We were just there earlier this week. All right. That's good. Just just trying to keep the yeah. the information rolling. So. But um, Alex, you were, you're back. You moved back here. Um, how How's it been so far? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, we still have a couple of boxes that are unpacked or haven't been unpacked, but uh, we'll get to those eventually. What's, is there... Is there culture shock now suddenly walking outside uh in minnesota or, or what have you experienced so far have you experienced any discrimination against you for your, <laughs> for your accent <laughs> I, have, milk? I have not but i've milk? been what do you say beautiful weather do you miss do you miss the fact that vikings fans don't punch police horses in the face <laughs> I think uh, it's probably good to be away from Philadelphia with the Eagles <laughs> playing so well all these days because it's pretty insufferable when they're good. Five and zero, oh, five and zero. Oh. There right, we go. All right, all right, that is that is all the Philadelphia sports. Until we talk about MLS playoffs, it's all the Philadelphia sports we can we can handle. Let's do a little bit more of the the news roundup with the goods. Uh, also, with the Mayor's Cup this weekend was the big St. Paul Cup at Allianz. This is what um, I think Allianz, Minnesota United, etc., are putting on um, to be an annual event where they invite a couple of the St. Paul. Um, high schools to be there, and um, this mm-hmm. was Washington Tech versus Harding. Um, I watched the the girls' game. It was a whole busy day because um, I went over and saw the a few of the Aurora players playing the St. Thomas versus South Dakota State game, and then over to uh, to Alliance. Um, congrats to Washington Tech. They the boys and girls both won uh, the St. Paul Cup. Um, getting them to see the players walk out on the field like in just that super pro environment to see the, the fans who are mostly um, mostly like just high school kids. And like, it is like 80, 90% 
kids of color out there. It was, it's just a, a fun, it was really fun last year seeing the game go on and this year seeing it happen. Um, it's really great to see them in the stadium. The other simple schools that are left are, of course, are Highland Central and Johnson. So I'm hoping that Minnesota United puts as much as enthusiasm and promotion that they did with this, with the rest of the schools, because they all deserve it. So, and then hopefully one day, you know, um, we'll be, we'll be talking about Mayor's Cup at Allianz once again. So the other good uh, NWSL playoffs kick off next week. You've got uh, um, Houston versus KC, San Diego versus Chicago. Um, it's really tough in the wake of the um, NWSL uh, just disaster uh, of, of all the scandals going on to figure out who to cheer for. San Diego's the only new team, so they, they haven't done any wrong yet. So I'm a big San Diego Wave fan right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Has KC had anything come out on them? No, they're... I think actually KC's one of the few. Yeah, I don't know. It they're, feels... like, they're like, we have a new stadium coming. Just give, just give us that. Just give us this. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, uh, yeah. But then you also don't want to cheer against the teams who have shitty management, but still have players that suffered under shitty management. It's, yeah, it's very true. complicated. Some of the yeah, some yeah. of the um, the the women's national team players who are like playing for the Thorns and stuff. They're like, please just come out and support us, <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> um. I don't know what to say about this other than Adidas launched six Mexican Sambas uh, that, that are all like the Mexican national team jerseys and they're gorgeous. And I don't, yeah, you can't was, buy uh, them. I found that, that out today topic. when I was putting this note in. Yeah. What? You gotta, you gotta enter some sort of sweepstake to get them each. They only made one pair for each kit and it's, you have to win them. So it's not like you can go and even, even if you want oh, to go. Now I'm mad about this actually. I want to, yeah, I'm going back to I'm I'm no longer wait, a fan. wait wait so they designed something cool and then they're like hey guess what we're not gonna make any money off of this it's a one off made That's from the actual stupid. jerseys yeah and you have to enter a sweepstakes and I don't even think you get to pick which one you get which is fine because they're all great but even if like even if you sold them for like two hundred bucks a pop people would still buy them by the shitload that's, so it's like that's, that's not even close to what they'd sell for. $1,500 for a pair. That's what they'll yeah. go for. But still, you can't buy them. They made whatever. They're literally like the Wu-Tang getting... Clan now, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they look great, though. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. People were was it, in was our it, household. You said, that, you said that that would be your, your one-time federation yeah, but switch. Now that, now that you've given me this new information, I'm, I'm going to have them shred the facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's great when, when uh, listeners at home... Uh, the big laugh lines come from when I mess up a joke and then have to delete the bad joke and put the good joke in. And everyone's just so happy I said words that, that actually made sense that it sounds like you guys think I'm funny. Um, here's, here is something a good that is just coming out of it, – it's like a out of order here. Um, Minnesota are in the playoffs. But really the other good news is that um, – well, you tell them, Corey. Yeah, so we knew that Minnesota United, or we knew that the the League's Cup, the uh, historical competition between League MX and and MLS, um, has been going on for centuries, is now expanding. Um, the we you know we, we there was always been talks about like potential mergers between the two leagues or you know, expanded competition. And basically it's now looking like it's going to be the expanded leagues cup. And right now the new information that we have is that it's 47 teams 
Um, it's going to be a World Cup style tournament. Both leagues will pause each of their leagues for one month in the summer. So that's not insignificant in terms of an investment, um, in terms of momentum for each league. Uh, the champion of the this league's cup will be automatically qualified into the CONCACAF Champions League round of 16. The runner-up and third-place finishers will auto-qualify for the first round. Um, seeding and groups, uh, MLS teams, there will be uh, 15 teams, uh, 16 teams maybe. Uh, it's going to be based on the Supporter Shield standings, um, and those teams will be ranked in... Uh, best to least in terms of their group standing. League MX is going to be based on the combined standings from there there to um, the Clazara and the Apertura standings, and that's going to be reverse order. So what you're going to end up with is the best MLS teams will play the worst uh, ranked League MX teams and then vice versa. Um, every team will play two matches in the group stage, and then from there, the top two from each group. I don't I didn't see anything about how many groups there actually will be, but uh, the top two from each group will advance to the knockout. There will be a round of 32 knockout, a round of 16, and then on to the quarter semis and the finals. Uh, no ties is the interesting thing that's not part of like FIFA-sanctioned you know, competitive format. Similar to MLS Next Pro, after 90 minutes, both teams will earn a point if it's a draw. And then they'll go straight to PKs, and the winner of the penalty shootout will get an extra point. Um, like hockey, exactly. Uh, lame, but and the best <laughs> part is, it sounds like Minnesota United will be hosting at least one match, possibly two. That's still a little fuzzy, and um, the, just because of where they are ranked in the MLS rankings, and uh, so to one or two games in the uh, in the group stage. I, I just want to clarify quick: they are playing. There are groups of three. I believe there will so, be yes. groups. I don't know how many. I don't know how many teams are in each group, though. I think it's three because they said there's 48 teams total. That makes sense then. Okay, and then yeah, and then also like I think MLS Cup of Champ Champions get an automatic buy into the knockout round. So, okay, so, so that would mean that my previous uh, thought in the Slack channel was that Columbus, who are in the last uh, spot, don't actually get to host. It's the opposite. Everybody in the group stage gets to host uh but um lafc supporter shield winners will get a buy so uh how MLS many matches cup, mls cup winners so we don't know who will have the oh, mls cup winners okay yeah. uh, well there you go see we're all learning um yeah. it's gonna be fun uh i mean it's, it's weird that we don't understand this. this this term has been going on for centuries that we don't understand the the rules it's, of it yet. you know it's uh they change it every year and um our fathers had to deal with the same thing and their, that their fathers did, and they changed the rules every yeah. single year. I mean, um, the rules are tattooed in everyone's arms if you're from, you know, yeah. 1960s. It's actually on the inside of, the, of your <laughs> bottom right. lip, yeah. you know. Um, like, that's why it's so confusing because... Um, I mean, the, the, the tiebreakers alone, just a whole sleeve on your arm is just right there. Well, yeah, that's that's because, tiebreaker like, scenarios. In, yeah. in the previous generation, it was sponsored by Skull, the Chew, so it blurred the tattoo on the inside of the bottom lip. Because and and that is where the, the term, read my lips, came from. And actually yeah, exactly. trying to figure out exactly. the, yep. the rules. The um, rules of this tournament also get you. They also reveal a map out of the prison that, you, that you're going to yeah, be. Yeah, this um, has gone further off the rails than it's, Pilot it's, Park. What, what's funny is this. This is actually <laughs> finding out the original rules is the plotline of Indiana Jones Five. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here, here's a couple thing, of thoughts. The, yeah, the last thing I'll just say about it is all the league's cup matches are going to be part of the Apple TV 
uh, subscription uh, through the the new deal with the multi billion dollar deal with Apple uh, for Major League Soccer. So we'll get to watch it in all its glory, but we'll be at Allianz Field watching the Loons play. Probably a, a like a decent league MX team. Yeah, because they're bottom, not bottom, but like they're lower. I think they're like eleventh in the season. Well, yeah, so Colin O'Donnell, yeah. uh, who is a, a good friend of this podcast, um, did the math and believes that it is Cruz Azul. Oh, oh yeah, let's do it. Oh, I was for, I was hoping for Pachuca, so that would be played Romario Barra. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be good. Oh, that would be so good. He would just destroy us. Oh, what if anyway. Nicholas Benedetti came? Who's he playing for right now? Oh, Cancun. Oh my God! I can't. Oh I God. can't imagine Cancun is very. Oh my God, do you think? Do you think he will rent the Viking sex boat? Wow! Oh isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? Also, his wife Minnesota is pregnant right now. Society, though. I uh, thought it was. I thought it was on display at the Minnesota Historical Society. The the sex boat. Because it's one gonna, of those things. He's gonna. He's gonna pay for it to have it like exhumed, and then. No, no, no! See, Benedetti is such a such a guy. Like he's just gonna take the Paddleford. And just turn that into a sex Devin boat, like St. Paul style. Yep. Wow. Just, okay. just take okay. a river cruise. All right. Let's let's talk about soccer for one I, second. I, I have a couple of thoughts on this tournament, <laughs> and here's the things that I'm going to say: It's like they're going to take a month out, and then just going to play close to like 60 games, and then they're going to have the regular season. So, how does this affect like rules for player association and contracts and all the other kind of stuff? That's my question. Because then you're adding like eight, nine games to a player's contract or that without any real competition. I don't, I don't comprehend. Like, I understand the reason they're doing a tournament, right? But unless it'll be, there's... It'll be, it'll be seven games within a month. Right, but still, like, that's, that's seven more games than you currently have. And, and, and you imagine if you're playing Apertura and Clausura, that's, that's a long season. So I can how see a lot this? of players, the uh, the Franco's Fragapane of the world, who uh, who look at it and they're like, if we get out in the group stage, then I get an extra two weeks vacation. And uh, I wonder if the, how how many teams will go through that. But and yeah. also they haven't announced the uh, twenty twenty three season, so we don't know if it's going to be a thirty four match season as well. Yeah, and we don't know how the Open Cup is going to play out in this. And now I'm going to move us on to the bad. U.S. women's national team lost to England 2-1 to in a friendly. Um, they play Spain uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, um, at 1.30. Today, today technically. No, I might get this up tonight. Who knows? Just kidding, I'm not. Yeah, going that's to. what she said. Really? She did say that. <laughs> Uh, I will be opening the bar for that. So back in time, you could go to the bar and uh, and, and join me to watch Spain versus the U.S. Women's National Team. That was a good game, though. Um, uh, NWSL terminated head coach Amanda Cromwell and assistant coach Sam Green following the conclusion of their investigation. This was into retaliata- retaliation into players kind of uh, um, kind of lodging complaints. Um, Qatar has hired a third cruise ship as a floating hotel for the World Cup. Uh, really, really worked out this one out, guys. You, you spent a billion dollars on it, and uh, uh, Fire Festival Part Two. Well, well, what was it, great. Rodrigo? On, on Twitter, you mentioned like, what kind of credit score do you have to have to be able to fly into these matches? Yeah, you have to stay in a different country. Yep. Like literally, this is the third boat that they that the the cruise ship that they just got in the past. And so, like, it's four hundred and seventy dollars a night plus with a minimum of a two night stay. Um, if you're going to be you in these floating hotels, 
and they're encouraging fans to stay in other countries and fly in during game days and then fly back out. And also, here's my question about the cruise ship. Like, do you still get all of the cruise ship stuff? Like, is there going to be a midnight buffet with ice sculptures and all of that stuff? Or is it just like a I imagine bare so. minimum? Like, sorry. I think you, you get, have to get lucky to not get nor- Noroiris. Oh, That's yeah. the only I thing also you think that really count on. The Persian Gulf is going to end up just covered in a like thick uh, mat of vomit. Just all the all the like Brits are going to take over these cruise ships, and it'll just be, yeah, gross, cool. What if what if yeah, what if what everyone. if one of those cruises is actually like one of the failed Prairie Home Companion cruises that were just like, you know what, we're just going to park this out here, and Garrison Keeler is just going to wheeze at a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he never left the cruise boat. What if um, uh, what's the one movie? It's like a a zombie apocalypse or like apocalypse movie where the, the last people it's like, they're all in one ship. The last people, what if like the apocalypse happens and it's just the denizens of three cruise boats that have to repopulate the earth. That would be, that wouldn't be worth building that society. Bad news for the human race. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Columbus crew fired head dweeb, uh, Caleb quarter, Caleb Porter missed. Missed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> got him Caleb Porter is such a dweeb <laughs> sorry buddy You'll, good luck finding another job I'm sure you will find the thing it. I want to know is what what's going to happen to his house who gets his house yeah he he did say uh, I would bet my house that Columbus is making the playoffs so <laughs> he's apparently he, lost his job and is homeless now yeah. so it's unfortunate well, for it, him. it's because it, the losing the bet um, made his credit cor- score tank and and Columbus Crew are one of those businesses that fire people for bad credit scores. So he also can't. He's actually, the he's actually renting LeBron's first apartment when he joined the Cavs, so he's fine. Let's finish on the weird. Um, LAFC apparently have a new anthem, and it has been created by System of a Down's Shavo Odajin. Is that how? It's? Close enough. Okay. Yeah. And Cypress, and Cypress Hill. Uh, their be real team. I don't know what that means. No, I think I think you're reading it wrong. It's yeah, the, be the, real. The and, name is be and real. Shava team up for the they new are teaming up. The anthem. Oh, you could have read the thing that I wrote, but instead yeah. you flipped it. <laughs> I, you're right. I tried to. I tried to interpret your notes, and uh, I could be a better note it, writer. We'll just okay. Say is it any good? Is song any good? I don't think anyone's heard it. I haven't, I haven't actually like oh, listened to it yet. I just here's a question. Over under, is it going to be? I don't know why I said over under, but I'm, I'm not giving. There's no way to measure this. Um, is it going to be better or worse than Hans Zimmer's Major League Soccer theme? Oh, can it get worse? Oh yeah, it it can oh, get wow. worse. What if? What, what about? I mean, Nashville song. Do they sing that? Do they ever use that? Oh yeah. That, oh that, oh, yeah, that's that right. Yeah, from like that, like. Stomping clap bands that did it. It was like a yeah, it was like a Chris Rock kind of thing. Like, was it was it the Lumineers meets Mumford no, and Sons? But it was a band. It was like a Christian band too. Yeah, it was like Gideon's Belt or like something like <laughs> yeah. that. Gideon three six eight. I thought it was like the Lion something. Yeah, Lions Gideon three six eight. What was the yeah. what was the fake Christian rock band from South Park? Faith plus one. Is that what that one was? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so it can't be worse than that song. I I need I actually perversely might go listen to that song. Right, Judah now. and the Lion that never oh. up on you. 
That oh. is Judah in the line is oh. basically Gideon's belt three six eight. <laughs> That's the same thing. Um, just just different marketing uh, apparatus that they use for that. Yeah, different uh, different kind of red wine. The final weird yeah. is that Erling Holland only scored one goal this weekend, so he's bad. Um, but but he still leads the EPL, the Golden Boot race, because he's got fifteen. And I think Kane has eight, <laughs> so he literally doesn't have to play for like a month. And he's gonna score eighty goals. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We will come back and we will talk Minnesota United. Is someone sleeping in your room right now? You have to keep the lights low for him? Yeah, Santi. <laughs> oh, there you go. Nothing says good uh, good night like dad shit talking on soccer. Uh-huh. You know what really helped me fall asleep and get me really bored? Dad talking about soccer. When, when I was a kid, every Tuesday night, my uh, dad, his band, Drop Rolling Cool, would uh, would play in the basement of our house, but the the like vents went straight up to my bedroom on the second floor and um and they would do like psycho killer and uh and the the lead my dad was not the lead singer the lead singer would like just really just be wailing uh psycho killer a bunch of rolling stones like brown sugar all these songs that i now fucking hate because i had mm-hmm. to listen to them at tuesday at 9 30 p.m uh ed Meehan just down there wailing on the microphone and yeah Anyway. What did your dad play in the band? He was a keyboardist. No. That tracks. Yeah. So did he ever dabble in the guitar? No, no. Oh, that's never bad. that cool. Mm. He was very cool. He was in a bunch of cool rock bands in the 60s. By the time it got to the 90s, not so cool. Not as cool as playing with Jimmy Page and Mac Rebenack, but And, you know, and Judah and the Lions, right? Yeah, and, and Gideon, Gideon's Belt 368. Um Let's, uh, are we back on the podcast? We're back on the podcast. There you go. Now we're back on the podcast. We're talking Minnesota United news. Minnesota United pl- qualified for the playoffs. We'll talk about them. They're playing FC Dallas Monday night football, October 17th. We also said goodbye to Cal and Kendra, who uh, are no longer the local Minnesota United commentators after six years with uh, Bally Sports North. Uh, Cal is moving to New York. That's what we know. I don't know what's happening to Kendra. Um, we know that next year it's going to be kind of nationally based um, teams, uh, commentary teams for Apple TV. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, I, I always, I would imagine, both I would imagine that like Cal is one of the better commentators for MLS. I wouldn't be surprised if he's moving to New York because all of these broadcasts are going to be based out of there. Hopefully. He'll stick with the league, but he's been doing a bunch of freelance stuff. And the Women's World Cup is next summer. And Kendra was one of the commentators for the Women's World Cup in, in 2019. So yeah. got to imagine that she'll be hanging out in L.A. or, or wherever for, for that next summer. So it'll be good. Yeah, good luck to both of them. I really appreciated both of them. I thought they were in the top end of commentators. Yeah, 100%. And shout out to the Underwall for doing a TIFO yeah. to celebrate them. And in on that, uh, Anthony DeSam Lazaro, who does a lot of the TIFO now, is saying that they desperately need volunteers. If you want to help plan and make cool TIFO, reach out to the Wonderwall or Dark Clouds, et cetera, on, on social media or just email. Um, 
We're going to do, oh, let's do a little bit of watch. We got we got a watch here, Mark Fangmeyer. We do. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should have read further on the notes. I was like, man, I haven't seen any player things. Oh, we do. Uh, MNUFC. What's his title? Senior scout? Top scout? In the article, it said chief scout. We, chief I just scout. thought he was a scout, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is down in Brazil. Uh, who, apparently, who is he? Who is he? That W. Harrison Heath, um, the son of Adrian Heath, who was hired in June never heard of, of this year after having zero MLS or front office experience. He's down in Brazil so doing some scouting for the team now. So um, he was, there's an article about him doing that. Um, and so, yeah. In right. fairness, when you have no experience, you get hired as a scout in like baseball or other sports. So it makes if, if, if you can't do sense teach. in that sense only. <laughs> and if you can't teach scout. <laughs> so to talk about this Minnesota United game, we won to nothing. We went into this game though, needing a draw or a win to get into the playoffs. A loss would uh, knock us out. And that made me a little nervous. I don't know uh, how many other people were nervous about it. Um, but at least we went into a Vancouver game who, a Vancouver team who had been on a three game streak. What, what did you guys make of this game? I can talk about kind of some of the key points, but, uh, did you come out of this, um, buoyed? Did, did you come out of it, um, nervous or, or how did you take it? I think Vancouver I felt confident, sort of, um, even this, the recent form, because Vancouver are not very good. Even though they were a playoff dark horse, um, their differential was like negative 15 coming to the game. And the, I mean, the, they were ahead of the Sounders now, but there was just a huge golf uh, class between, between teams like that. And Vancouver doesn't score, uh, so that's kind of an issue that they had that we could take advantage of that's kind of how it proved so the i don't think the loons look particularly like scoring either but two you know two plays basically went our way and for vancouver thing really went their way uh, because they're not very good well certainly at the beginning uh <laughs> it looked like it might go vancouver's way and dane dane was gonna have to save us yeah i mean i thought dane had like one hell of a match too. Like they, I mean, obviously like he was player of the match and all, but like he saved our butts in the beginning with those two initial saves. And then, yeah, he had a uh, double save in like the sixth minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, like everybody kind of settled down. Our defense seemed to settle down after that a little bit too. And, um, and then once, uh, Frank scored with his right foot too, which is kind of amazing. He never does that. Uh, once he got that in, like it felt, I wasn't personally nervous. The way we were kind of dominating the game, like the chances that Vancouver had besides, you know, the, you know, the crossbar one, but like by that time we were already up um, and Dane's saves kind of kept in the game. And like, we looked pretty comfortable and it kind of started to have a little bit of our summer vibes. Maybe I'm just projecting because I want us to have our summer vibes back, but it had a little bit of that feel to it. Like we were just kind of clicking like our striker, our offense looked good. They're creating opportunities. Mm. Lude looked; it was great having Lude back, and our defense 
didn't look terrible. So I don't know. It felt to me it had a little bit of summer vibes back. Defense looked better, but I'm not sure I agree that the offense looked good until late in the game when we had a couple give and goes. It was we were getting and and you know just when Reynoso has to drop back into like the right back spot to get the ball, that's not necessarily a great sign for the attack flow. I still think some issues there, but Vancouver more ever looked like threatening. Well, no, I think one thing too about like why like Reynos had to come back so much is because like Vancouver just sits like they're a counter team. Like they just sit. So they play so deep anyways, that it kind of makes sense. He has to come back to get the ball so much, but like, I don't know. I was, I was surprisingly happy. Like I, after the last six matches, anything that's a win and positive, I was just delighted to see. Well, Corey on that. Yeah. Was that, did, did it give you enough of that kind of spirit of going in and, and kind of erase some of the, the pretty down in the dumps vibes that I feel like were, have, have infected a lot of fans uh, over the last few <laughs> yeah, months. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think I tweeted, I was like, Oh God damn it. The tweet, the, the team has actually got me excited for this again. Okay. Let's go. Um, no, I, I, I think it was one of our, it looked like one of our most um, complete performances in the last month or two, you know, like the thing I never felt terribly nervous on any of Vancouver's counters, partly because, you know, Alex, like you've said, like they just can't put goals away. And, but at the same time, I thought Coleman and Boxel looked better as a pair. I thought the passing out of the back looked better. Um, the possession was calm and they weren't trying to force things too much. And that's not something that you see that often from us, but it looked, it looked really good. It didn't feel um, quite as frantic as it has had been in previous weeks or, or even during our really hot stretch in the summer. Um, It is interesting how much Reynoso was playing deeper to collect the ball. And that could have been partially, um, due to Lud's injury and trying to keep him, you know, from moving around too much or getting too far forward, or when he is forward, you keep him forward. Um, a little bit more give and go with with Reynoso and Lud kind of being the playmakers in the middle of the pitch and getting the ball forward. Um, I think Ray, I think uh, there's a little bit of that. I think figuring out Mender Garcia on the right, which was fun. Um, and fun? Just, just a little, I thought it was fun. Oh, I, I thought he did not look particularly he good. Didn't, I didn't did anything, but... I don't think he did anything massive, but like, you know, it's better than any of the alternatives that would have been there. Like, And, and I think the... I the don't, thing I don't that, disagree with that. Yeah, the thing that... Well, let, let's say he didn't harm anything by being on the right. Um, I think if you put a Don Lottie out there or if you put somebody else in the middle of the park so you can get Lud on the right, I think that would have been infinitely more harmful than keeping Lud at an eight in the middle of the park. Yeah, um, man. you're not you're not gonna find yeah. any complaints <laughs> yeah, about but, this. Uh, if you I mean, threaten I mean, us with a Don Lottie. This, yeah, okay, but, co- but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Coming out of this, cat up I there. feel yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming out of this, I feel net positive about it. Even somewhat excited about our chances because 
we've done pretty well in knockout tournaments and in playoff tournaments like this. Um, it could be good. We could we could be a little bit of a dark horse for this one, um, especially if we're getting a little bit of a swagger back. So mm. we'll see what happens. Well, the, the we you briefly mentioned Mark the the goal that came from uh, Franco Fragapane that comes from Reynoso kind of going in and just stealing the ball from a guy. Um, you know, I I kind of knock Reynoso a lot for being kind of little just not giving us much of that pressure but every once in a while he shows up and he just strips the ball it ball falls to franco well he he lulls them into a false sense yeah, of security yeah, he, he, they think oh there's no way he's defending me and then when he finally does it's infinitely more effective just waving a, a stopwatch back and forth a pocket watch back and forth um and then the ball goes to franco and amaria makes a good uh good run that, that draws both the center backs. And so Franco is at the top of the box, essentially with a, just a free shot on goal, pretty terrible defending. Um, but I mean, I'll take it. it was, he finished it well and worked out. Um, our, our, our second goal then comes very late. Um, the ball, the game kind of uh, got a little bit more boring uh, in that second half. Um, or maybe you'll disagree with that, but Rosales uh, just comes in down the left and he sends a pretty useless cross in, but it gets hit by a defender. It pops up and it, it falls to Jonathan Gonzalez, Jogo, who made a ninja secret run into the box and, uh, and he finishes it great. Um, Rodrigo, I know you want to talk about Jogo. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take us through Jogo mania? Well, first of all, when he was coming in, um, I just stood up and started just, yelling Jogo for about two minutes until he came in and everyone kept giving me the looks, which is fine. But I think, I think, I think Jonathan Gonzalez is actually, um, has a little bit of a six and an eight put together. So he likes to connect passes and he's been, he's been doing well and moving the ball forward. And when he was getting in, he was actually doing some stuff in the box, like try to do a couple of back heels that didn't go through, but he connects the ball and he looks Looks to be able more more fluid than anything. I think that's really important, specifically when you have someone that needs to um, to kind of like shed some 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 marks. So for um, for Reynoso, it's good to have someone else you can pass the ball to that can be another ball handler, like like someone like Lud that can that can control the ball and, and and pass it and move it around and check into it. And I think that that creates the space that he needs and. To be honest, I mean that he's he's you know he's a young guy, so he provides the energy that you know sometimes we we, we miss out of not seeing Bongi right. He'll he'll chase, he'll 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 mark, he'll pressure, um, and you know he is talented, right? He's and and there's a reason why he's why he's here, and I think the more time that he gets on the pitch with the starting eleven, the better. It's going to be not only for him, but for but for us in the sense of controlling the sense of the game, and um, you know, I, watching him score was 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 amazing. He was right in front of us. Santi was with us. He stood up and yelled, and and it's always fun to be able to celebrate with 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 friends and loved ones. But it was a well deserved goal. I thought he was there in the right spot, and and he put it away, and and it seems that that. Um, he seems to be more like a super sub at this point, but I hope he gets more playing time in a sense, sense to be able to be kind of like a change of pace kind of midfielder. Um, Will Trap 
had again some before, horrible, horrible passes just, out of the back. Well, yeah. Before we go to that, I'm, I just want to stick on Jogo here um, because I, I wonder if if he's not if he's used in that this sub role. Um, he did come on instead of a, a few other midfielders who I guess could have come on, but um, I wonder if he it's that. He just has not like earned his spot up, right? It's Will Trap is the captain. It's still his spot to lose, etc. But did this game maybe convince us that it could be Jonathan Gonzalez next to Lud? Um, does Jonathan Gonzalez pro- go f- more forward than you would want if you've got Lud also in the midfield? Any of you guys have thoughts on that? I think it's interchangeable. I think if those two keep playing together, it's going to be more of like who's willing to stay. But both of them have that ability to do so. To be honest with you, having Jogo on there makes me forget about Ariaga and makes me want to not so worry about 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 him. You would rather so, see Ariaga, uh, see, see Jogo instead of Ariaga. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you asking that question for the playoffs or for next year? Uh, no, for for now. Not for now. I, I think yeah. we can think about what. But yeah, if you started next week, would you start it as Jogo and Lud? I, I think I stick with what what's working and start the game with Trap and Lud. Gonzalez came on and brought a little energy, which was really useful at that time. Um, but I think you, there's no real change that. Uh, the, the loons, well, they're not always being ashed through that part of the field. I think that the problems are distributional. The problems from that part of the field are, are distributional. And I, I'm not sure Gonzalez adds a huge amount there either. I'll agree with that. I, I would say, like, I think you, Gonzalez, we just haven't seen enough of him. There's not enough data points to know if he's. I think he is starter quality, and but I think it's a conversation for next year if we bring him back, which I would hope we would, <clears throat> unless somebody else is getting a good look at him and gives us an offer. Um, um, I think you do still stick with Trap and Lud in the midfield, and then swap one of them out, or you know, maybe you bring Gonzalez in, in a little bit earlier so he can be a little bit more influential because I do think his progressive passing was a little bit better. I did think he did have more uh, better give and go with some of the other attackers, um, even given giving Reynoso a little bit more freedom to not be a target. It's also hard to tell sometimes because Vancouver was so much having they needed a win that they were they were really pushing it, and you, sometimes you can't tell. Like, all right, well, maybe the reason a midfielder was allowed to run straight into the box and finish a ball like that is because because of the particular game state of that game but um let's talk a bit about trap i don't want to belabor this too much i think trap showed what we've seen from the second lap basically the second half of the season from trap of just not really not i don't know just not doing that much and, and maybe i'm missing something maybe he's doing a role that i'm i'm missing but um it feels like trap is one of the of the starters here one of the biggest underperformers going into this the biggest mystery to me is that when trap was a younger player come with columbus his specialty one of the best in the league at hitting these big long diagonal passes mm-hmm. out of the deep midfield or from sort of between the center backs and that was if you remember sort of 
back in the day, Columbus is in butter. They played the 4-2-3-1 and they just love to ping a deep ball from trap to like Justin Miram or something running down the left, running it right, you know, whoever, whoever they had, that was how they played. And now we are incapable of moving the ball forward without Reynosa's involvement. And Trap in particular see, stands out in that way, sort of stands out through omission, because I remember how he used to play earlier in his career. It's like he's completely either lost that ability or we just don't play that way at all. Well, that's the thing. It's like, is Fragapana getting, you know, in the space behind their their right back is whoever is playing on our right wing, are they making those diagonal runs like Ethan Finley used to do, which last season, Will Trapp was sending in some of those kind of balls to Ethan Finley, who's being, who's playing very direct. And I just don't think we have one. I think he hasn't quite been the same since he came back from his injury earlier this season. And I think there's a bit of like a systemic thing. Like you said, Alex, like I just don't think we're utilizing that particular skill set. Let me talk about some positives in this game. We had a clean sheet. Uh, Dane was absolutely superb, particularly a, a, a fantastic save um, from a free kick right at, at the end, right before the, the 90th minute. Load back in the midfield was was joyful. Um, he's just... Uh, he doesn't have the dirt of Gattuso, but he has like the just like perpetual motion machine and dogging people thing that I think of with a, a Gattuso or, or someone in that role. He's not, a, I, he's also not playing as a six, but it's just really fun to see him in midfield. Uh, I'd rather see him scoring goals, but um, that was fantastic to watch. Um, Frank Payne, do you want to say anything about him? I thought he played great. Like he, his runs were good. He was connecting well. I thought he had one of the better matches of the season. One of his best matches of the season. Yeah, it's one of his best yeah, matches okay. of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I think getting if you look at our top goal scorers this season, you've got um Reynoso with ten. I forget the full numbers, but Reynoso, Reynoso, Amaria, Fragapane, and Lud. And then do you know who number five is? Coleman? Uh Coleman has two. He's tied oh. with Abu Dinladi. <laughs> right? Like you you're gonna struggle if like you don't spread out some of those goals a bit more and get more goals. I, th- I think the rest of the team needs to be producing. Um you've got to I mean how many times do we have to turn to the lack of a, a competent striker? Yeah. It's like been the story for years. I just want to note, I want to put a pin that uh, John Marthaler um, unearthed a great stat, which was that Reynoso um, was the only player in MLS this year to have 10 goal, or double digit goals, double digit assists, and double digit yellow cards. That is a, that's a player, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that that's fantastic. A, that's the Argentinian way. I mean, there's no other way. The yeah, realtors have to crown him this week. Yeah. That's the Argentinian triple crown, as they call it. Yep. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's the asado. <laughs> um, and so, 
if we talk about then the negatives, Lud does look snake bit when he is in goal scoring position, and he gets in goal scoring position a lot. Um, I sure would like him to be uh, actually slotting these away. Um, Trap is uh, missing in action. Um, I thought both Kamar and DJ did really well on as fullbacks. So for me, I, I thought that this was a really solid game, and in my it's heartening to go back to kind of our overall thoughts. It's like heartening because we had been struggling so much, but we have FC Dallas next Monday. Um, Dallas, you know, beat us the last time. Was it three nothing? Both teams won in each other's in mm-hmm. each other's parks this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was a uh, we had the red card. Um, from Fragapane in the 69th minute. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the one we fell apart in three minutes. Um, and so do we, I, I don't know, is this going to be a reworking of that? Or, and then with that, what needs to get fixed? What's the one thing that needs to get fixed between uh, now and then? I haven't worried about Dallas in years Maybe that's mistaken because I don't really watch them very much because their home atmosphere is so terrible. Um, but I think that this very winnable game for the Loons, and I don't, it's sort of, you can't, I don't think you can like fix something over the course of a week super easily, but they need to come out with a better mentality. You know, they need to put the six weeks of the past behind them. Uh, and play with the, you know, sort of urgency that they did against Vancouver. Um, and that's going to be tough when you're playing Frisco, where there's, you know, five people in the stands, uh, even in important games. And, and uh, but I think that, I think that they can do it. And I, I think that the sort of the larger tactical questions and what can be fixed is sort of an off-season question more at this point. We know what kind of team this is. We know how hot they can run. We know how cold they can run. Um, so, you know, whatever mentally they need to do to get into that former mode and not that latter mode, that's that's what they need to begin here. I mean, I just looked up their lineup from when we beat them in Dallas, and that was one of the matches where we started lewd as our striker and uh, he had a goal. And so maybe that's the key. Maybe we just have to start, stop, you know, put Ariaga back in the midfield with trap and just start loot up top and see what happens. Start loot in the midfield and, and striker. Um, Rodrigo, what, what is there something we can fix for next week or, or do you feel good going into it? I mean, I think one of the things that we can't fix is, 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 is the, the age of our center back uh, Perry. And I think that's, with Jesus Ferreira up there and Ariola up there, I feel like a quick counter um, and penetration can be easily bypassed because bypass our midfield. So I think um, I think Will Trap is going to have to be more uh, more defensive minded and be able to stop the transition because Dallas does really well at transitions in that aspect to to create those opportunities and 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 those three minutes of failure that we had at home. It was more evident about that that how easily they were able to cut through our through our midfield 
to be able to take advantage of that. And I think that's the conversation that that kind of needs to be have the um, defensive discipline that we need to. And and I don't know if I trust uh, an Ariaga in that situation as much. I know Ariaga does does add the long ball effect that we have, but at the same time he. He he's also like a double-edged sword in a sense, right? And I'm not saying Joseph Rosales is the answer as well either, but I think I think it's 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 going to be uh, who dominates that 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 center and is able to translate that into offense. Um, and we'll see how that is. I think it's a winnable game, but I also think it could also be another three minutes of failure, and and we're down at least two goals by the end of the first half. So. I guess here's what I'm looking for next week. I think back to that Portland first round loss in the playoffs last year. And my biggest frustration made me very angry for a lot of the off season was how it looked to me like Reynoso, Fragapane in particular, those two just, their body language was terrible. Like they just were not in it. And, um, and this team I've talked about it on off and on or throughout the whole season, they just don't have anyone driving them forward, like just pushing them to succeed and kind of uh, leading the way. And can this team really get up for these big games? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I have not quite seen it, but maybe that's what we saw in this last game uh, that they're, they're kind of coming back and getting themselves together. Let's take a break here. Uh, other than that, we will see you at the Blackheart uh, on Monday, October 17th, 8.30 p.m. Back on the 55.1 podcast. I'm going to take some questions now. Christian Fitchett says, which conference, West or East, has the has on average better public transit systems per market? Well, we got lots of questions for you, Sheaf, because uh, everyone's excited you're back in Minnesota. You're our favorite urbanist, our favorite uh, part Pennsylvanian. Well, it is definitely in the East because of where, because of the old cities of the Atlantic coast, which have or build around transit at the time. But I guess a more challenging question, which conference has best public transit to the stadium? Because all of the, basically all of the cities in uh, sort of mid-Atlantic and New England have almost always terrible transit to the stadium. Uh, like, well, not all, the New York one's okay, Philly, bad transit to the stadium boston there's basically no transit to foxborough dc um, audi field is decent it's decent it's 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 a, it's pretty good there's there's one metro line that goes there it's a short walk but how's orlando but, yeah well orlando doesn't count there's a commuter that goes near the stadium that's about it um so I don't know. I, I would have to think uh, harder about which. Uh, it may well be the West, which conference has better public transit to the stadium. But market-wise, the East by a mile. And if you, which team would win the uh, Supporters' Shield for best uh, public transit to the stadium? New York City FC. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Chris Miller, PhD, says the conventional wisdom is that 
cheese whiz is necessary for a real cheesesteak. Well, my question presupposes is maybe it's not. Chris is wrong. Okay. Is essential. Okay. I is not wrong. What do you have against provolone? I, it's not. It's not the same. A, a cheesesteak. Fuck you, Chris. I'm still, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm not a cheese whiz guy on the cheesesteak, but that's just me. It's, it's totally acceptable to not like cheesesteaks. That's fine. Okay. Ben Talon but says, cheesesteaks come with cheese whiz. But we've got like five cheesesteak questions here. So right. buckle up, everyone. Shouldn't cheesesteak just be a giant slab of cheese seared on a grill? <laughs> Isn't a, calling a sandwich containing steak with cheese on it a cheesesteak a mockery of the laws of God and man? That's Ben, I really hadn't thought of it that way. The, the city of Philadelphia doesn't care about the laws of God and man. <laughs> that is true. Here's the thing that I was going to get to. Uh, a grilled cheese sandwich, it depends on, you know, is it a grilled cheese sandwich or is it a grilled cheese sandwich? Oh, so do you grill the cheese yeah. and then put it in a sandwich or do you make a cheese sandwich and then grill it? And and is a cheesesteak actually just a cheese and steak sandwich? And a cheesesteak, yeah. as Ben is, is right, would be a steak of cheese, um, a yeah. prime cut. Uh, anyway... Right from the the loins of the cheese. I mean, they remind me of the whole This is all just a variation. Thing. This is all just a variation on the aristocrats joke. Paul Shudwar says, "Where's the best cheesesteak in the Twin Cities?" Nominees. So I I do not know this. This um, people have said uh, Tonos. Um, I I think the better question is what the best hoagie, like the best what the best Italian hoagie in the Twin Cities is, and Tonos apparently Broders now in Minneapolis. I have yet to try these places uh, in person, but I will let her back. Uh, Eric Voorhees says, what's the best cheesesteak you've ever had? And on a scale of that to a week old cheesesteak in the back of a gas station cooler, uh, that cooler being a sheets gas station cooler. Um, <laughs> mm. What are the loons chances in the playoffs? Um, the, Best cheesesteak I've had was actually a vegan cheesesteak from a place called WizKid, which was started by the chef behind Veg, which is the best uh, vegan restaurant in Philadelphia. Um, and I was very sad when that restaurant closed in the early stages of the pandemic uh, because they made an incredible cheesesteak um, with neither cheese nor steak, but it was brilliant. Um, and on that scale from the gold cheesesteak, um, in the back of a gas station cooler, the loon's chances in the playoff are probably, uh, I don't know. I, I don't a, think it's that good. A wa- we'll, say a wawa. Gotta, we'll say a Wawa cheesesteak. We'll go with a pass. It's probably a, about a pass. Jeff Underbridges says, Robin Lud has the vibes to stab an opposing player at a moment's notice like Ozzy Alonso. When will he become the heel this team so badly needs? Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not, do you guys see that, that kind of deviant nature in, in Robin Lud? I still see the squeaky clean go get him. I'm no, although he does have the, those moments where he'll like, just like, take a guy out, but then do like the what? And like kind of walk away from it. Like okay. I, I could see it. Okay. He, think he does sometimes the, the, well, he'll follow someone or pull someone. Then he'll do the boxy where he turns around and walking away and throw his hands up in the air. You're like, what? And then, but I, I can see it. I mean, I, I think 
I like his physicality in, in the whole thing. Um, but but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Monday he'll be the heel, if not the first game of next season. Yeah. I do, think, do you uh, think it's do you think it's because the Finnish prison system has a better rehabilitation? I think so. <laughs> I think that Ozzy Alonso and his dotage kind of wins people of of uh, what a hard man in MLS really looked like. But I remember watching prime Kyle Beckerman and Robin Lud is nowhere near uh, what, uh, what, what he got up to. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if you remember, but in the world cup, world cup, they had like counterattack and he like, uh, he like dragged down and threw uh, Bastion Swinesteiger to the ground and the referee didn't see it. And that was just, uh, yeah. I mean, Kyle also had like a, a, a showmanship, about it and Robin Lud doesn't doesn't Robin Lud needs to work on his presentation right he he needs to present what does he want to be does he want to be this hard man does he want to be squeaky clean how's he how's he going to play this I think we really need to workshop his image does does he just need like a sick like barbed wire tattoo I mean how do you know he doesn't have one already we don't know that yeah I'd rather he focused on scoring goals yeah, that's true. All right, Connor, let's go to this last question. How is Rodrigo doing after Jonathan Gonzalez's uh, first goal? Uh, also, reckless speculation, since our first playoff game is in Dallas, what Hall of Fame moment will the loon cement in history next Monday night? Any, anyone have a nomination nomination for a, a, a Hall of Fame moment? Irvin Arriaga, uh, Ibsen-esque backheel that leads to a counterattack goal. Wow. That's good. Wow. Yeah. That would that would give me joy. I'd light the <laughs> light the Ibsen candle on that one. Sonny Dodson, healthy, last minute sub, no. banger. This one's a bongy. This is a bongy moment. All these all these realtors at extra time and and MLS are going to realize that they should have put bongy as their best newcomer, young player, regular player. Bongi's the MVP, um, and Bongi's going to come in in the 80th minute and score a hat trick, and we'll win 3-2. I mean, they did say that he was injured for the regular, the rest of the regular season. Yeah, man. Which is now over. He's yeah, back. he's going to rise yeah. like a phoenix from the ashes. Mine, mine is, mine is Metanier is going to come in, and he's going to have a, a, a wonderful run, like an 80-yard run, and then he'll cross it. He'll hit the top bar hit the back of the goalkeeper and just roll it and nobody will notice we uh no no one no one has done this after again <laughs> no one has looked for uh for the rise of injured and dead people like this since uh mary magdalene it's our it's our lazarus game baby <laughs> i was gonna say since the uh since the 2022 12 twin season uh my friends we are going to say good night uh Thank you, Schieffer Decker, for joining the podcast. The others, thank you as always. We'll see you very soon at the Black Heart of St. Paul for playoffs. Unless you're going to Dallas, which Godspeed, you Black Emperor. You're beautiful. You're sexy. And everyone loves you.